That is an awesome prayer question. And whatever that is, whatever that is, you need to write that thing down. You need to invite people into it. Because God wants our faith to be shown by the way that we live. Part of developing a faith that works is by pinpointing what doesn't work. And that's what Pastor Daniel is encouraging you to do today. Everyone has mindsets or behaviors that don't line up with God's way. And not only do these hold you back from living out the life that he wants for you, but they keep you from having a bigger impact on the world. Instead, say yes to Jesus and invite him into those broken places. Let him change you from the inside out. Now here's Pastor Daniel in James chapter 2 as he continues his message, A Faith That Works. I really believe what the Bible is asking is not for us to be so distinct from the world that we don't interact with it or so like the world that we can't impact it, but there is this, for lack of a better word, there's this middle way where our faith in Jesus plays itself out in real time, rubber meets the road, street level living that now heaven begins to touch down because Jesus is at work in us and through us into the world. So you have to ask yourself a simple question. Do you have a faith right now that is standing alone where your belief in Jesus is not changing the way that you live? It's not causing, like when you do something, you're not convicted by the Spirit of God that, hey, this is not like Jesus. Because really, when we start reading this stuff and we start interacting with it, we start saying, God, what do you want to do here? You begin to realize that God wants to transform all of us. So let's go on a little bit more because James unpacks some other things here. Look what he says in verse 17. Thus, faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. Verse 17, verse 18. But someone will say, you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith without your works and I will show you my faith by my works. You believe that there is one God, you do well. Even the demons believe and tremble. But do you want to know, O oh foolish man, or that faith without works is dead? Now, really what he's saying here, and, and, and he sums up his argument at the end of verse 18, where he says that me and you, we should show our faith by our works. You should show your faith by your works. See, what he's saying here is that in the time of James, now don't forget, James is writing to Jewish people, right? He was writing to the 12 tribes that were scattered. So he was writing to a Jewish audience who believed in Jesus. What you had is that you had a very strong kind of works-based religion that they had come out of. And this is where really where James and Paul are pushing towards different things. When Paul is saying 
things, oh, I'll just read it to you. This is Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 to 10. Paul says, for by grace you have been saved through faith. It is not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we would walk in these. Now, you see how Paul says we're saved by faith, not works. What Paul was fighting against was legalism. Everyone say legalism. Legalism is the belief that because I did this, now God owes me. Right? Now, Paul writing to a Jewish audience They were very steeped in, listen, I keep the Sabbath so God should bless me. I give tithes so God should bless me. I do this so God should bless me. I keep the Feast of Tabernacles so God should bless me. And what's amazing is, is Paul is saying, listen, you're not saved by the things that you do. You're saved by the grace of God. So Paul is combating legalism. But what is James combating? James is combating superficialism. Where it says, I believe, but my life has not changed. I have this thought in my mind that I believe in God, but my life is not changing. Now, what's amazing is if you notice what James says here, James says, if you believe, if you say there's one God, you do well. And he says, even who believes? The demons believe and tremble. So he's saying, look, the fallen angels that we call demons, they have faith, but not saving faith. The demons know that there is one God, the God of the Bible. They believe, but they are not following that one God. So he's saying you can believe in God and not have a transformed life. And he's saying that is not saving faith. So he's saying, listen, you say, show me your faith. I say, show me your works. He said, I'll show you my faith by my works. He's saying, look, my life should reflect the beliefs that I hold. Now, here's the deal, my friends. Imagine if after church today, if, you know, you're pulling out of the Crossroads parking lot, or for those of you online, you go to leave your house, you know, whatever, and, and, and all of a sudden you look in your rear view mirror, and I'm in the car behind you. And you're like, oh, how cool, Pastor Daniel's behind me. Hey, Pastor Daniel, you know. But then you start driving, you start driving home, and every time you make a right, I make a right. And every time you make a left, I make a left. That'd be kind of creepy, right? You'd be like, is Pastor Daniel a stalker? And then you pull into your driveway, but instead I drive past your driveway and I pull into your neighbor's driveway, right? Go up the door, knock, knock, knock. Now, you have to imagine this before a time of ring, because if I was knocking on someone's door and they didn't know me, I wouldn't answer the door for me either, with all the video doorbells. But imagine knock on the door, knock, 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 or I do like a ding, 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 like, oh, it's someone we know, you know, right? And they open the door, I'm like, hey, so, hey, my name is Daniel, I'm one of the pastors over at Crossroads. Do you know your neighbor right next door? They're Christians, would they be like, no way. They're Christians? You would never know from that raging kegger they threw last night. Look, I still got beer bottles in my backyard. Or maybe they'd say, oh, it's good that they go to church. They need Jesus. They've been suing me for my property line since the 60s. Or like, would your neighbors know that you are followers of Jesus? And if the answer is no, I would tell you that's not a good thing. Now, I'm not saying that they should know that you're a follower of Jesus because you bang them over the head with the Bible, right? But they should know by who you are because of who you follow 
that your life is different because of your faith in Jesus. Because faith in Jesus is not a workless faith. It is a faith that works. Now, because of my faith in Jesus, I have different things that I am interested in. I have different values. And there's nothing worse than a faith, I believe in God, but it doesn't change my life because the demons have that kind of faith. And last time I checked, we should not be modeling our faith after the demonic. That's a pretty good one, isn't it? It's like, it's like, it's like talk about like, this is like such low-hanging fruit. Right? It's like, don't have faith like the demons have faith. Because the demons never stopped believing in God. They just didn't want to follow him. And if you don't believe me, read the Gospels. When Jesus runs into all these demons, they're like, what have you to do with us, the Son of Man? Have you come to torment us before the time? Like, they know Jesus is coming to completely judge evil. And they're just like, is it, are you here early? Like, they know judgment is coming. There's like, this wasn't supposed to be this soon. And in a lot of ways, God wants us to have a faith that we show our faith in the way that we live. Now, what I love about this is that this is actionable for all of us. You have to ask yourself a simple question. What in my life that I do on a regular basis or a semi-regular basis, what do I do that does not show the faith that I have? I'll never forget when I first got here to Crossroads, it's now almost a decade ago, we used to have these Wednesday nights, I, used to, I would teach and I'd do a Q&A after the teaching. Now listen, we don't do that now because our Wednesday night programming is awesome. So you guys need to come on Wednesdays, be a part of men's, women's, celebrate recovery, grief shared. It's like what we're doing on Wednesday night has been a dream of mine for a long time as a pastor. Because I'm like, you know, people don't need more teaching, they need to connect with each other. They need to hear the word and how do we apply the word. So that's why our Wednesday nights are designed the way that it is. Because it's like, it's actually better for you to work through your faith with other people. But at this time, we were doing this Q&A, and somebody asked me, there was a question that came through, and it was, it was anonymous through text. They're like, what would you tell a believer who drinks every day? I said, oh, you need to quit, and you need to get accountability. Because Jesus doesn't want us to be alcoholics. And at that time... Somebody in the church had been struggling with this, not really struggling, just not thinking about it, just kind of the way that they lived for like 20 years. And that day they're like, man, I got to stop drinking right now. And now, 10 years later, clean and sober for 10 years. Because his faith and his drinking were incompatible. But one of the things that I've learned is that it's easy to look at someone else and what they're doing, but it's a whole other thing to say, Lord, what am I doing? And brother says, I want you to say, Lord, what do I do that is incompatible with the faith that I hold? That is an awesome prayer question. And whatever that is, whatever that is, you need to write that thing down and you need to invite people into it. Because God wants our faith to be shown by the way that we live who we are. People should know that we're followers of Jesus by the way that we move through the world, by the way that we live. And that's what James is saying here. He's saying, listen, faith without a changed life, it's a dead faith. 
He says, listen, I will show you my faith by my works. The Apostle Paul said, imitate me as I what? Imitate Jesus. That's what he told the church in Corinth. I mean, it's, I remember the first time I read that, I'm like, wow. Like, but you would imagine that for the Apostle Paul, he would only say that if he was confident that his life, the testimony and the story and the habits of the holiness of his life in Christ would be something that he's like, man, someone come do a full-on investigation into my life. Imitate me as I imitate Jesus. Now, isn't this where the rubber meets the road, my friends? Would your online banking have the testimony that you're a follower of Jesus? Would your calendar have the testimony that I am a follower of Jesus? Would your screen time Say, I am a follower of Jesus. Would your browser history say, I am a follower of Jesus? Would your Netflix, Hulu, Disney Plus, Discovery Plus, HBO, Extra, whatever it's called, would that prove that you're a follower of Jesus? I don't even need a mic to drop it right now. <laughs> like, I just realized it's like, but this is what he's talking about. And this has been in the Bible for 2,000 years. And God wants, by his spirit, not in judgment, but God wants our lives to be living epistles of the gospel. That people would see our lives and they would say, that's what it looks like to follow Jesus. And it doesn't mean that we're better than people. It doesn't mean that we look down on people. It doesn't mean that we're so holy. We're like, I can't believe you would watch Disney Plus or whatever. You know what I mean? I'm just picking on Disney just because it's Disney, you know. And I have nothing. If you work for Disney, I have nothing against Disney. You know what I mean? It's just, out of all the ones I named before, that was the most, like, vanilla. Or it used to be, I should say. Because <laughs> the world we live in. But here's the deal. It's like... People should know that we're followers of Jesus by the way that we live. So we want a faith that works. Paul is fighting against legalism. And listen, brothers and sisters, I don't want you to think that if you, I want my testimony, the testimony of my browser history, the testimony of what I watch on TV, the testimony of my checkbook. When you do those things, God does not owe you. You do those things because God is leading you to do those things. So it's not like, well, Lord, I started serving. Now where's my spouse? No, that's, that's like, you're not making a business transaction with the Lord, like bartering. You know what I mean? Like I go to church every week and you bring me a spouse or something. It's not, that's legalism. It's like I do for God, now God owes me. And legalism is alive and well in the body of Christ. Many of us struggle with this. We struggle with these feelings that because I did this, God owes me this. So legalism is a problem, but superficiality of faith is also a major problem. Where we believe, but our life is not being changed. Now, here's what I want to remind you before I move on from this section. Is that fruit is born in its time. So you have to get, like, the key is that you have to be looking at your life and saying, I am changing, albeit maybe slower than I would like. 
Because I realize that when I share a message like this, that many of you can automatically feel condemnation. You're like, man, I got all these issues in my life. There's this, and I got to get rid of this. I got to get off drugs. I got to get off of this. I got to stop looking at the junk on the internet. And yeah, there's a whole laundry list. And here's what I want to tell you. You do need to do those things, but also fruit gets born in time. So you have to make a plan like, this is what I'm going to start. I have to work on this. Now, here's what I will tell you. As somebody who's been walking with Jesus for a long time, and I talked about, like, you know, uh, drugs and alcohol. That was my background. Discipleship in Jesus, growing in Jesus, is the peeling back of an onion. Once you get one thing done, there's a whole other layer of stuff that gets worked on. So, like, for me, like, when I got off of drugs, that was just, like, the first step. And that was, like, a miraculous thing that God did in my life. But then it's like, oh, there's all this other stuff that like that stuff was covering up. And then he starts working on all that stuff. And then once that stuff gets cleared up, he's like, oh, here you go. And here's what I want to tell you. And anyone who's been walking with Jesus a long time will tell you it never ends, man. The heart surgery is a lifelong heart surgery. It's like, man, he gets into one layer. He's like, oh, man, even I, I didn't realize what was underneath that. The Lord totally knew what was underneath there. And part of walking with Jesus is continually saying, God, will you do a work? And sometimes what he does is he changes the outward stuff, but then the really dirty work of really the inward stuff goes on. When you, when you, when you walk with Jesus long enough and you, can't, you have a verse for everything, but your motivations are wrong. Where you do the right thing for the wrong reason, and even though you did the right thing, the Spirit of God convicts you because your heart is wrong. No one sees that except for the Lord and who you confess that stuff to. And what God wants for all of us is to be up for the journey. Up for this journey of being formed into the image of Jesus at street level where we live. But it begins with, what does our works teach us because in a lot of ways what you really believe is actually what you know what your faith is made of by what you do like there's nothing worse and i've seen this in my own life there's nothing worse than when somebody asks like god will you grow my faith because you know the only way to grow your faith is to have to be put in a situation that's going to totally freak you out (laughs) Right? It's like when someone says, I want God to humble me. It always freaks me out when someone wants I'm like, you really want me to pray for this? Now, I know they do, but I know that humbling only comes through rough situations. No one really ever got humbled when everything went perfect. It's like humbling happens when everything goes wrong, and you're humbled. And so in a lot of these ways, the work that God wants to do, it takes time, but we want to make sure that we're in that journey because God wants to make our faith actionable. Not just, like as I said earlier, you know, it's not just a faith that can save our souls eternally. It's a faith that can change our lives today. How we live, why we live. And then James finishes us all up by teaching us that we need to learn from the past. We need to learn from the past. Because look what it says, verse 21. It says, Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he offered Isaac his son on the altar? Do you see that faith was working together with his works? And by works, faith shall be made perfect. And the scripture says, scripture was fulfilled, which says, verse 23, Abraham believed God and it was accounted to him for righteousness. And he was called the friend of God. You see then that that a man is justified by works and not by faith only. Likewise, was not Rahab the harlot 
also justified by works when she received the messengers and sent them out another way. For as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead also. So, as I said, you have to learn from the past. And really here you have these two examples. You have first the example of Abraham, and then you have the example of Rahab. Now, it's fascinating that both Abraham and Rahab, both of these choices by James were both in the genealogy of Jesus. Abraham, the great patriarch of the faith. You read him, he's one of, the, one of the main characters of the book of Genesis. He pops on the scene in Genesis 12, right? And then, of course, Rahab plays a little bit part in the book of Joshua. Do you remember Rahab? They called her a harlot. She kept a, a, a brothel, really, you know? And, and the children of Israel, when they came in to spy out the land, she hid them. And, she, and because she hid them, they protected her. She left that little scarlet thread out of her window. And when they came to conquer Jericho, they made sure Rahab was saved. And so both of these examples are examples of somebody who had faith that worked. Somebody whose faith now impacted the way that they lived. So at first it begins with, of course, Abraham. Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he offered Isaac his son on the altar? Do you see that faith was working together with his works and by works, faith was made perfect or complete? He's saying, listen, your faith is completed when it changes the way that we live. And then he says, and the scripture was fulfilled, which says, Abraham believed God. It was accounted to him for righteousness, which is Genesis 15, 6. Now, what's amazing is, is this idea, right, how the just shall live by faith. Abraham believed and it was accounted to him for righteousness is the exact text that Paul uses to fight legalism. It's faith, not works. But now James is saying, hey, listen, this is his work, his faith and his works are working together and his works made his faith perfect. You see, Abraham believed God and because he believed God, When he thought God wanted him to offer Isaac as a sacrifice, he was willing to do it. Believing that even if he went through with it, which he didn't, God would have been able to raise Isaac up from the dead because he was the son of promise. He's saying Abraham's faith is seen in his ability to take that step. And in the same way, he's got this idea of Rahab, Right? Was not Rahab the harlot also justified by works when she received the messengers and sent them out another way? Listen to Hebrews eleven thirty one 31 in the hall of faith. In the hall of faith, Rahab shows up. By faith, the harlot Rahab did not perish with those who did not believe when she had received the spies with peace. See, her faith in God caused her to take the tangible step of protecting the spies. And it was a great work of faith but the faith had works associated. Jesus is real. Pastor Daniel closed out this teaching by looking at the examples of Abraham and Rahab. Both of these people took what they knew about God and their faith in Him and let that impact their actions. It should be the same for us today. God is changing your heart and mind. And that plays out in how you move through the world, in the decisions you make, both big and small. God wants to partner with you. You can make a difference by sharing his overwhelming love and grace with the people around you. Hey everybody, Pastor Daniel here. I realize that there are many of you 
you're not a born-again follower of Jesus. You've never put your faith and trust in Jesus. But as you've been listening, you've been saying to yourself, I want to begin to follow Jesus. I want to help you do that right now. We're going to pray a simple prayer that just acknowledges who Jesus is in your life. Pray this prayer with me. Say, Jesus, I'm giving you my life. Thank you for saving me. I believe in you, your life, your death on the cross, and your resurrection. Forgive me of my sins. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. And I ask it in Jesus' name, amen. For those of you who just received Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, I'm so excited for you. I want to help you take your next steps with him. So pull out your mobile phone, text the word SAVED to 51400, S-A-V-E-D to 51400. And my team will get in touch with you. We want to get some more resources in your hands to help you on this journey. Next time on Jesus is Real Radio, Pastor Daniel will dig into what the book of James has to say about our words and how we talk to each other. You'll be reminded that your words have tremendous power. And as Spider-Man says, with great power comes great responsibility. This is just one more area where the rubber meets the road of your faith. Well, that's all the time we have for today's broadcast. On behalf of Pastor Daniel and the entire production team, we invite you to join us again for the next edition of Jesus is Real Radio.